speaking of El Salvador, we're going to the having party. Yeah, Ian, after like listening to the episode where he convinced me that we shouldn't, he changed his mind. Well, you were the one that's like, let's book it. And, and then you were like, no, and this is why we're going to die. <laughs> right. And that's the thing that I want to correct. That's the part about listening to it that like really bothered me the most is that it felt like I was spewing fun. We'll see. Now we'll see. Okay. We went from let's book it to we'll see. You, it's because of you. I know, I know. But this is my point. I would rather go and be a part of like a having party in El Salvador than not. I already bought the tickets. You already bought the tickets? Yeah. We're going. Like I haven't booked the hotel or the flight. Dictator I live with. We're going. Wow. You said let's book it. I booked it. You're listening to the Flirting with Bitcoin podcast. I'm Mandana. I'm Ian. That's Keon. And, and we're, we're the, the Recefis. My husband loves Bitcoin, and once a week, I let him talk my ear off about it. Yeah, I'm a real cheap date. Cheap, maybe, but it's a lot of work. If I'm going to do something, may as well do it the best way possible. And Flirting with Bitcoin is audience funded without ads or sponsors. Mm-hmm. This ain't your grandma's podcast. This is podcasting 2.0. But we can't do this for free, babe. We have Bitcoin to buy and a new mouth to feed. <laughs> See, our son agrees with me. If and when people enjoy the show, they can support us by giving us a review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever they're listening. They can share episodes on their social media, and of course, they can send us some money. Obviously, I prefer Bitcoin, and the best way to send us some is through our two favorite apps, Strike and Fountain. Ah, let's explain how that works at the end of the episode for anyone curious. Sure, babe. But I still like real money, and so if you want to support us... Babe, babe, Bitcoin is real money. Sure, but if you want to support us with old school money, go to flirtingwithbitcoin.com and subscribe. We offer monthly and yearly subscriptions that come out to less than a dollar an episode. To all our fountainheads out there, keep making and sharing clips of the show to cash in on our bounty program. Make that money, honey. Y'all ready? Hey, Keon, you ready, baby? Let's go. Hey, Ian. Hey, Mandana. Hola, Spain, Argentina, Brazil, and Portugal. Guten Tag, Germany. Hello, Canada and the United Kingdom. Buongiorno, Italy. Sawadi, Thailand. Konnichiwa, Japan. Bonjour, France. And, and howdy, howdy to Texas. Texas. Yeah, France is moving up the chart, so I figured I'd get them on there this time. Nice. So what's I don't ha- know if this is a chart you want to move up, though. <laughs> it seems this, this seems to correlate with, like, financial troubles. I mean, I, I think it's interesting when it moves up. It just means, you know, more people are gaining interest. I mean, I think the assumption is they're gaining interest in Bitcoin, but I think it's just they're gaining interest in us. I mean, that's one way to look at it. I don't know if people come to Fountain for us. I think they come to Fountain for Bitcoin. Yeah. We just happen to be there when they get there. Well, we're happy to have you. What time is it, babe? The current time is 794-224. We're approximately 1,359 blocks since our last recording. And we're 45,766 blocks until the next halving. And if I gave you one US dollar, how many acres could I get on sunny Bitcoin Island? Today, you could get 3,867 acres, aka Satoshis, for one dollar on sunny Bitcoin Island. And what about other tangible things like gas, beef, eggs? Uh, Yeah, so you could get a dozen eggs for 7,753 Satoshis. You could get a pound of ground beef 
for 17,903 Satoshis. And you could get a gallon of gas for 9,650 Satoshis. And, and you were a little excited about the price of Bitcoin today, which we try to not talk about too much, but... Um, yeah, so this is like something that I've been watching um, for the past couple of, I guess, months now. You know, Bitcoin moves in pretty big waves, you know, four year cycle for the halving. But also one of the things that is a, a marker is like when are most people, one of the majority of people who bought Bitcoin, like in the positive. And so today is the first day in a very long time where we are actually up from one year ago. So we are up year over year, 15% today, which is very different from, say, someone like Tesla, who's only up like less than a percent year over year, even though Tesla's up like 139% year to date. So since January, Tesla's like taken off and so is Bitcoin. But if you go back a year ago, exactly, Bitcoin's actually doing a lot better than Tesla. So why is that important for me to know? Well, it's not explicitly for you to know, but now a lot of people are going to be looking at Bitcoin charts, right? If you looked at a Bitcoin chart a week ago and you said, how's it doing from a year ago? It was down. Okay. <laughs> right? So today, if people look at the same chart, it's going to be like, oh, they're up. it's up 15% in the past year? A lot Got of, my attention. A lot of okay. things aren't up 15% in the last year, 365 days. Except my love for you. Yeah, we don't have a chart for that, though. I'm working on it. Yeah, so in case anyone was worried, our marriage is still intact after those intense episodes. I didn't even think they were that intense. I mean, if you've never... Heard us argue? If you've never heard that type of conversation between us, maybe. Maybe. I knew how that conversation was going to go. Same here. (laughs) It was going to go nowhere. Um, Time to give shout outs to our fountainheads. Here are the top boosts over 500 sats from episodes 63 and 64, the Trust But Verify Your Husband episodes. So shout out to Oi, Jean Everett, Macy J, Remember J Stark, Too Far Gone, 87, Hunter SF, 770, Al Al Cool J, and Top Quan. Thanks for listening and thanks for the boosts. One thing to add about the boosts is that The Flirting with Bitcoin podcast is now official sponsors of the Sparrow Wallet open source project. Are we? Yes, we are. (laughs) Okay. What does that mean? So we're not like getting paid to sponsor anyone, but now we're sponsoring other people. So more money is going out. Uh, Yeah. I mean, a percentage of the money. (laughs) News to your wife. Yeah. I mean, a percentage (laughs) of the money that comes in is going out. Okay. Explain. So Fountain has the ability to like split the money when it comes in. So right now we have a split that goes mostly to me because my account is considered like the owner of the podcast. And then you get a little bit. And then Fountain has like a mandatory uh, 1% to go to the podcast index uh, service, which basically like is what populates Fountain with all the podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we were, you know, the last couple episodes, we've talked about Sparrow Wallet and we've talked about um, you know, like we're value for value and stuff like that. And so I think I told you the other day, like, well, the other day we were watching TV and I, I watched uh, Craig, the guy who makes Sparrow Wallet. He was at Bitcoin Conf and I like watched his talk where he was like presenting. And I was just like, yeah, like 
this is like the best wallet. I do use it all the time. I open it up like at least five times a day now. Mm -hmm. So like I should donate to it. And then I was thinking like, well, it'd be really cool if I could just like send a portion of just anything that we bring in versus like having to manually do it. Um, And so Fountain allows you to do that. Fountain allows you to set a lightning address, like the public uh, key of the node as one of the recipients on the split. So I reached out to him on Twitter and I was like, hey, man, you know, like we talked about your we talked about the wallet and everything on the show. And like, I'd like to contribute to the project, but I want to do it this way. And so I asked him for a public key. He sent it to me. I set it up, confirmed that he got like, you know, someone gave us like 200 sats and he got two of them. And I was like, boom, it's it's up and running. So we are official sponsors and we're supporting an open source wallet. But didn't you say this guy is probably like a Bitcoin millionaire? Why does he need our money? It's not about the person him themselves. It's about the project. So like the other day when I was talking about open source software and I said like your iPhone is like full of like open source software, right? Mm-hmm. Almost every mobile app on your phone is relying at least 50% on like open source projects that no one's getting paid for. We all benefit from open source software. I'm not going to go track down all of those projects and like fund them all in this way. But I do think this is like a really interesting like proof of concept of how Fountain and its splits could be a very simpler way to support open source projects. And so I reached out to Nick, the guy who runs um, Fountain, and I was like, hey, it'd be really cool if Fountain had like a list of open source projects that people who do their shows could just add to the splits if they wanted to. So like it's not particularly us doing this because, but I think this is a very interesting like avenue for Fountain and apps like Fountain and Podcasting 2.0 to be able to fund open source software without the listeners having to know and go to like, I'm going to go donate to Sparrow Wallet. But I think it would be more interesting if we like picked an open source project, like an episode and said like this week, they're going to this project. This week we're going to that project. Just an idea. Oh yeah, we will probably do that. This is just all a proof of concept. I did this all in like two days. Yeah, yeah. So like- And just telling me now (laughs) on the spot. I just confirmed it (laughs) this morning. Gotta agree to it. I guess I'm okay with it. No, it's fine. (laughs) I I didn't think you you would have an issue. But no, I think this is like a really cool yeah, proof of concept. Okay. And I think this actually is more sustainable than open source projects constantly like asking for money and donations. Yeah, like a steady stream. Why not? Yeah. <sighs> What's wrong, babe? I don't know. I guess I'm worried I'm not saving enough money in Bitcoin. Aren't we all? You don't seem worried. Like with most things, you just got to set a goal and work towards it. But even with a goal, the price of Bitcoin changes so much, it's hard to keep track. I understand. That's why I created the Satoshi Savings Calculator. And how can that help? First, you decide how much Bitcoin you want to acquire. One Bitcoin. Great. Then you got to decide how much time you want to give yourself to acquire that Bitcoin. Before the next halving, duh. That's also great because the calculator only lets you pick halving dates. Anything else I need to enter? Just how often you want to buy and which currency you want to use. Oh, so rather than buying it all at once? To loosely quote Desmond Tutu, if you want to save a whole Bitcoin, you got to do it like you eat an elephant, one bite at a time. That's gross, Ian. But true. Focus, babe. Where can I find this calculator? The pod's website, flirtingwithbitcoin.com. Wait, you haven't been to the website yet? Um, Let's get back to the show. Thank you so much for the info, babe. So we were distracted the last few episodes and I have no idea what's going on in the Bitcoin world. Fill me in, babe. 
so we got one bit of news in Nosterland that happened, I guess, over the weekend slash this morning. So Apple has threatened to remove Domus from the App Store. Their reasoning is that the Zap functionality breaks their terms of service. All right. So regardless of what happens, like if you were playing around with the idea of downloading it, like just go download it if you have an iPhone because they can take it off the App Store. But if you have it on your phone, you have it. Yeah, I think that's the way that the App Store works. Um, If it's on your phone, they won't delete it. Although I have seen reports of people saying like certain apps were deleted from their phone. Mm. Uh, One of the ways that Apple does that, which normally I wouldn't say they could do, but since of the timing of things, this is probably how they would do it. They obsolete your app by updating the iOS software. Mm. So it's like, yeah, it's on your phone, but it doesn't run because it doesn't have this thing that the new version needs needs to yeah. like be compatible with the new, right? Yeah. So they can obsolete your app. Um, but this is very interesting for two reasons. First reason is that there are plenty of other apps that have tipping functionality in them. So if you're looking at Zaps as like a purely tipping functionality, none of those apps are removed from the App Store, right? If you're looking at them as like, oh, well, Domus is like selling you the Bitcoin before you can zap it, maybe, but that's not true. Yeah, that's not true. So like, it's Is not- it that these other apps that have tipping features, the App Store gets a cut of it? Well, no, they don't get a cut of it. Yeah, but Apple- do, they, do they, for these other apps that have tipping, like Twitter has tipping? Yes. And do they get a cut of it? No. Hmm. So this is why it's interesting is that it seems like it's targeted Domus because it's not for the actual act of tipping. It's some other reason. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine what that would be. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's the unit that you're tipping in. That's the problem. And it's something to watch. Now, technically, Google has a very similar terms of service as Apple Mm -hmm. when it comes to like enabling payments and stuff in your app. And Google wants a cut too. They're different, but similar. Um, But with Google, you can always sideload your apps. So like the Amethyst app, I don't actually install from like the Google Play Store. Literally, Vitter just posts on Noster, like here's the new version. And I just click download straight from him. So like Google couldn't really prevent you from putting stuff on your phone the way that Apple can. Another reason why Android is superior. Another reason why it's superior. uh, And I say that as an iPhone user. For the moment. For the moment. I used to be an Android (laughs) user and I switched over to iPhone and I like immediately regretted it, but I'm too lazy. Yeah. Well, I think I'm going to push really hard for you to get the new Pixel when it comes out this year. I will, babe. Well, I don't think I need a new phone yet. It's not about needing a new phone. I think it's just about like. My man keeps me upgraded. I think it's just, I I think it's just about like if we're, if I'm going to get the Pixel 8 because my screen is busted and I'm just trying to like keep this thing alive until it comes out. I think that it'd just be real easy to just get two eights, call it a day. We'll sell your iPhone or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like Google lets you trade it in. Like you could trade it in your iPhone. But anyway, so that's like a pretty big deal that just happened. And so I haven't really read all of the like Twitter conversation yet. But long story short, I don't see Domus removing zapping. So I'm really curious how this gets resolved. And Domus is iPhone only, right? Or do you have it on your phone too? Domus is iPhone only. Yeah. So it's just... Yeah, I don't see them removing it either. Let's, yeah, I I don't really have much to say about this. I'm interested to see how it plays out. Well, it's interesting that you brought up the Twitter thing because, you know, Elon has been on, is on record of saying like he wants to turn Twitter into WeChat. 
I think this right here is showing like you won't be able to do that, buddy, because either you're going to have to give Apple a cut of all the transactions that you're facilitating or you won't be allowed on the iPhone platform. Yeah. But I guess Elon has a bigger bank. and He could cut a check somewhere in the background that like lets them get past that. I don't know. This is a weird like Apple coming for Bitcoin moment that I would argue was expected, but it's all happening in the same week as the SEC coming after Binance and all that fun stuff. Yeah, so let's get into that. But before we get into that, there's a couple other things. That is the big story that we haven't talked about. I just want to talk about a couple other things to close some loops. So, um, RoboSats. So, Domus is getting threatened by Apple. RoboSats is getting, well, basically kicked off of Telegram. So, there is a Telegram group for RoboSats where people help people do things or whatever. And RoboSats is where you can buy Satoshis outside of an exchange. Yeah, it's peer-to-peer. Okay. Um, so, basically, RoboSats has been kicked off of Telegram. Now, they've since moved all their conversations to Noster, and I've joined that group and all that mm. fun stuff. But basically, no more... Why did Telegram push them off? What was their reason? That it's spam? I mean, I get a lot of spam on Telegram. It's not spam. My opinion is that this is a clampdown across the board. Yeah. So Apple came after Domus and Zaps and Bitcoin. Telegram's going after RoboSats, right? But the point here is that, like, that also happened in the same week. Okay. Right? So all this enforcement and, like, changes to the rules, a.k.a. fiat, from on high, just changing the rules. It's all happening at roughly the exact same time. What else is happening? Swan Bitcoin, their YouTube channel got shut down. What? Now Swan- what? Isn't that like a wealth of knowledge yes. and information? Wow. Yes, it is not the first time. Okay, I so hope it's they not like they up. it's not like they accidentally took it down and like they'll re- return it. Like everyone is very aware what Swan is now. So Swan has had their YouTube channel taken down when this Apple thing is going to happen and when this Telegram thing is going to happen. Usually Swan puts out the most comprehensive information as to like why this is BS. Oh, right. Like Swan, yes, they sell Bitcoin and do all that fun stuff, but they have this other half, which is like a media company Mm -hmm. and they get a lot of Bitcoin only information onto YouTube in video form. If you take those Swan's channel, there are other channels, but Swan is a pretty high production, makes Bitcoin seem really legit if you're watching a swan produced type of product. So before I react, is there anything else to add to this list? Weird goings on yeah, and enforcement yeah. besides the SEC stuff, which we'll get into after this. No, those are like the three things that I wanted to call out. What is the Bitcoin world saying? Are they like, they're coming for us. This is the week. Hold, you know, move everything off the exchange. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Well, is everyone freaking out? Well, first of all, always take your stuff off the exchange. I know. Right? I know. Um, but I'm saying like, what are Bitcoiners saying? Well, I mean, I haven't really dug into all of this. Like when I was putting together, like, what's this show going to be? I opened up Twitter and saw like two of those things that I just mentioned. This is all happening like this week. How do you feel? I feel like this is expected, but the coordination of it is very surprising. It's like you're not even pretending now. Swan will definitely get their stuff back up. I'm sure like they're a pretty legit operation. It's not like like, they just upload their stuff to YouTube and don't have the files. Right. Right. So that'll pop up somewhere else. They're on Rumble. So you can watch your stuff on Rumble still. With the Apple thing, like not a lot of people know about Domus, but Domus is getting a lot of attention in the news because Jack Dorsey is supporting Noster. 
Mm-hmm. So Jack Dorsey is supporting Noster. And then when people go and understand what Noster is, if you have an iPhone, Domus is pretty much the best client yeah. on iPhone. So you're basically just kicking Noster off of the Apple platform. Right. Like at the end of the day, that's what that really is. Well, there's that web-based version as well, right? But Right. So like that's the that's the way you fight back. Right. Is you say, well, we'll just put it on the web, snort, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone's telling Will, the Domus developer, like make a web app for Domus and that'll just get around poor this. Poor Will. <laughs> but like poor Will, like he hasn't even had time to build the Android app yeah. yet. Yeah. Um, maybe this will influence him to build the Android app faster. I don't know. But the Telegram one was just the icing on the cake to me. Because like that just like came in from the side when I was like looking at uh-huh. something else and I was like, and Telegram? Like, like, do you think, like we haven't gotten into the SEC news, but do you think like that happened and then everyone was like, pull the trigger on these other stuff? Well, it's weird. Or because- they're scared. So like Apple operating out of fear is like crap. Get Domus off. They're coming. They're going to come after us. You know, um, Telegram's like, all right, get RoboSats off. We don't want anything to do with crypto. Oh, that's like a big, there's a lot of movement. There are a lot of downloads of Domus. Pull the plug on them. There's a lot of uh, activity in this Telegram group. Pull it. Yeah. So that, that all makes sense, especially on the Apple side of things, except for, oh, I don't know. You could still download Coinbase. Mm. the app that actually sells you all those cryptos is still available for download. Oh, right? Maybe, yeah. Like Robinhood still available for download. Crypto.com still available for download. Like the people that are actually selling you crypto are not being threatened to be removed. Maybe they are and they're not posting it on yeah. Twitter, but I doubt it. Yeah. However, this little single person, maybe two or three people now, developer team, who just happens to have a very popular app that lets you send Bitcoin back and forth, they're being threatened to be removed. Like, it doesn't make sense. You can send people Bitcoin on Coinbase. You can send people Bitcoin on all these other apps. Why is Domus lightning tipping the, like, straw that breaks the camel's back? So, yeah, I think Apple just, they didn't think through what they were actually signaling because unless you send a letter to everyone who sells crypto and says, you all got to leave, it's just very silly to target this, like, decentralized, quote, unquote, free speech platform. Yeah. Yeah. That lets people move money freely without having to ask permission and say you're you're acting uh, you're acting bad against against the terms of service, right? Because like I don't think they get a cut from Coinbase when Coinbase sells you stuff in Coinbase, yeah, right. So it's not like oh we're not getting our cut. It's just very poorly thought out, which leads me to believe that like someone else kind of told Apple to do that and they kind of did it exactly as they were told. Yeah. Because just sitting here thinking about this for five minutes, you go, well, what about everyone else? Yeah. So it seems very rushed and it seems like there's some coordination and they just made a list of things that like, we got to shut down tomorrow. Look, after watching Secession, it's still on my mind. If there are any folks out there who watched Secession, who finished it, like it stays on my mind. And when I hear about stuff like this, I'm like, yes, some idiot made a call. People sat around a table some dumb kid of somebody who's like trying to make a name for themselves was like, yeah, send a cease and desist. Just get it done. <laughs> like that's what happened, right? I mean, I guess probably I don't work that's for Apple. I, I know, but that's what I see. I'm not in the Slack channel. Yeah. I, or the I message group, I'm, I guess. Yeah. I it's I message. Sl- I don't think they use Slack, Slack either. Um, that's my guess. One last thing before we get into the, the SEC stuff, which is what I think is the trigger for all of this, is that, you know, that story about my friend and getting those emails from Swan and like we're we're not operating in North Carolina anymore. Strike. Well, it was both. Yeah. Swan and Strike. So there's a little resolution to that story. Obviously, I think we talked about like Swan 
has gone with a different third-party custodian. And then Strike, actually, what they did was they rolled their own infrastructure. So now Strike is the custodian. Like when you buy Bitcoin on Strike, they're holding it for you. They're no longer using Prime Trust. Well, there was a lot of speculation as to, well, what's going on with Prime Trust? Like the CEO had left um, or fired out of very abruptly. He was no longer CEO. There's a lot of turnover and turmoil at Prime Trust. And so a lot of speculation that Prime Trust was going out of business. They were going to go bankrupt. And well, if Prime Trust is holding my Bitcoin and they go bankrupt, what does that mean? So everyone was like, doubly like get your bitcoin off the exchanges even if it's on strike even if it's on swan get it off get it off well it looks like prime trust is going to get bought it looks like prime trust is going to get bought by this company called bitgo which kind of confirms that they were having money trouble in some way shape is bitgo bitcoin related yes like it's got bit in the name and they're buying prime trust i mean i don't know but the point is is that like bitgo and prime trust do relatively the same thing it just appears that prime trust was running a very loose ship hence the ceo leaving very abruptly and bitgo kind of ran a more tight company and so they're able to now acquire a competitor of theirs aka prime trust during a period of duress but none of this matters because strikes taking over the whole function for us, since we primarily use Strike, doesn't really matter to us. Okay. Um, but for people who use Swan, BitGo is who Swan moved to. Ah, I see. Right. So Swan was moving to BitGo, and now Bitcoin BitGo bought all of the or is in the process. They signed a letter of intent, but is in the process of acquiring Prime Trust. So even if BitGo doesn't acquire Prime Trust, Swan will still have moved everyone's stuff to BitGo. Okay. So that kind of closes out that drama of like, you know, these are Bitcoin only companies, but when it came to Swan, they were still interacting with a third party. And we've seen them react very fast to, in my opinion, if you weren't going to roll your own infrastructure, this is the next best thing. I think what Strike did is what I would have as an engineer have done. But as I've said, Strike doesn't strike or Swan doesn't strike me. Strike doesn't strike you as. Uh, Swan doesn't strike me as somebody who wants to roll their own infrastructure right now. Mm-hmm. You know, the guys that they strike, have other things they're dealing with. <laughs> yeah, like getting their YouTube channel pulled, right? But like Swan is is more about Bitcoin education and then acquiring some Bitcoin. Strike is about getting Bitcoin, spending it and moving it mm-hmm. around the world. And so they're different companies. They have different incentives. But Strike, by moving its global headquarters to El Salvador, is already in place to start taking advantage of from the benefits of that law that El Salvador passed about companies mm-hmm. being in El Salvador. So like tax free taxes and all that fun stuff, which Do we won't get into. Do you think that one day Strike and Swan will merge? I mean, on a long enough timeline, it's probable. Yeah. Right. But probably not. Strike, I think, is going to replace Visa. Okay. Right. And I don't see Swan replacing Visa in its DNA. I see Swan more as like a Charles Schwab or a Fidelity, right? It's like you hold your Bitcoin here in a very safe and secure way. Like they're offering multi-sig, like Unchained Capital now, and they're going to offer a lot of the features that Unchained is already offering. But Unchained and Swan will be competitors, right? Maybe one of those people will buy each other, but Strike is in its own category. And I don't really think there's another strike i don't think there's a mastercard to visa type of strike so there's no mastercard yet it's just strike yeah yeah um but it's coming you know somebody will figure it out episode is going well yeah i think so 
Wish I had the time to make some clips to promote it. Yeah, but you don't. That's why we pay our listeners to do that. Mm, how does that work again? If someone makes a clip on Fountain, we send them some sets. But give me the fine print, baby. It's $250 for the current episode and $100 for the older ones. And also if they tweet it out, right? They gotta use the hashtag flirtingwithbitcoinclips and post it on Noster for me to see it. Then I'll zap those same amounts. That's pretty generous, babe. Our listeners are pretty generous with their time making the clips. Well, isn't this just a lucrative love fest for us all? More like it pays to listen to the Flirting with Bitcoin podcast. Okay, I'm on the edge of my seat. What's going on with the SEC filing? Yeah, we have stretched it out, haven't we? You really have. You're like, I'm going to talk about this, but not yet. But first this, first that. So the SEC has come after Coinbase. Yes, but they, they came after Binance first. Oh, okay. So but Binance isn't based in America. They have a Binance US. Okay. It's very, almost identical to FTX. Yeah, there's yeah. FTX International, mm-hmm. FTX US. Okay. There's Binance International, there's Binance. But Coinbase US. started in America. Coinbase only exists in America. Right. Okay. Two weeks ago now, um, perhaps it was a Monday. I believe it was Monday. The SEC tweets early Monday morning. Not on Noster? No. <laughs> not on Noster. <laughs> Uh, no, that would have been, if they had posted it on Noster, that would have been the ultimate troll. The SEC tweeted that they were filing a complaint against Binance, which, okay, like we all knew that was coming someday because of their business being so similar to FTX. Mm-hmm. However, in the tweet, which I believe I sent to you, in the tweet, they had like a, a quote from the complaint that was literally like, dude, we're running a freaking illegal exchange in the U.S. <laughs> like they took a quote from the complaint of their evidence. Oh, wow. Which is basically someone in an email or like a yeah. Slack conversation saying those exact I didn't see words. the securities exchange. Right. Them owning up to it. Or I thought it was the SEC saying like, this is an ex- a securities exchange violation. Well, yeah, but like basically what the SEC did was in their tweet show the basic evidence that they had Mm -hmm. in one sentence of someone inside being like, this is what we're doing. All right. Right. So that was what I think caught everyone off guard. Wasn't so much that they sued them, but that they made it like a media event. That was not a 50 year old government person that posted that tweet. They got a millennial Gen Z, or Gen Z. Someone, no, money, come on. Someone As a millennial, young, I, we don't have the guts. Someone younger than 40 <laughs> crafted that tweet. I'd say someone younger than 30. They used, they used media. Yeah. They talent. came with receipts. Yes, exactly. Right. So Monday, everyone's just like, oh, snap. But SEC's finally shutting down Binance. Like, you have like the, you know, then the war breaks out because mm-hmm. half the people are like, about time. Bitcoiners. Mm-hmm. The other half of the people are like, oh, why are you, you know, Bitcoiners? You know, they're coming for you next. It's like, right. You're supposed to have a system that can withstand the attack. Mm-hmm. Seems like you guys don't have that. Right. So Binance. And then what when did they come after Coinbase and Crypto.com? The next day. Both of them? <laughs> no. So okay. they didn't go after Crypto.com. Um, they, they, they filed two complaints, one against Binance, one against Coinbase. Okay. After that, other people just started voluntarily doing stuff. So Crypto.com is like voluntarily shutting down their U.S. business. Interesting. Right. So Singapore-based crypto exchange, Crypto.com will no longer be offering its services to international clients in the United States, effective June 21. So they're just shutting down. Peace, we out. 
Okay. All the United States-based services and exchanges are also starting to feel the regulatory heat. For example, major platform Robinhood announced that it's going to delist Cardano, Solana, and Matic tokens on June 27th. All right. So not all crypto. Not all crypto, but those are the ones that the SEC named in their complaints. Okay. So the SEC... So which, they're trying to act in good faith. They're acting in good faith or scared shitless. Oh, both, same thing. <laughs> if they were acting in good faith, they would have delisted these a long time ago. Yes, that's true. Right? So the point is, is that these two lawsuits um, look very similar on the surface. And this is the this is the story, I think, that's really here. One day you say there's a complaint against Binance. Another day you say there's a complaint against uh, Coinbase. And they read very similarly unless mm-hmm. you read the details. They're both accused of operating an illegal exchange. But that's where it stops for Coinbase fundamentally. Binance is accused of a lot of FTX type stuff as well. Okay. You know, Brian Armstrong, the CEO of Coinbase, is out here arguing his case being like, oh, well, you know, like they let us IPO and all this fun stuff, which is true. Yeah. At no point did they say it was okay. Right? You never got a attaboy. You can run this illegal exchange. They just said, we don't object to you IPOing and raising money. But there's like some... That's a little there's, messy. There's a little legalese here, but basically um, they knew that they were running an illegal exchange. They did, yeah. But they were like, let's see how long we can do it. Maybe we can shape some laws, make it legal. I'm assuming they, they that was their approach. They made a lot of money. They did. They got a lot of people paid. That mm. IPO got a lot of people paid. Yeah. Right? Brian Armstrong became a billionaire overnight. Mm. So he's at least a billionaire fighting with the SEC, not Will and Domus fighting against Apple with like, Aww. you know, Will operates basically off I, of Zaps. I was going to say, <laughs> go Zap Will some money. Um, Do you, do you know how much uh, the value of... Of like these other cryptos have dropped have oh, they completely crashed i mean there's people who uh are still holding out hope that this won't actually go through because this is a complaint they're not actually in trouble mm-hmm. yet right they're going to go to court it's going to be at least a year before this is resolved mm-hmm. what has been exposed is that like i said there's solana and Cardano in particular, there's a lot of venture capitalist companies that hold these tokens. They're not waiting around to see how this plays out. They're dumping, mm-hmm. right? So I don't know the exact numbers. You can We can Google it, but like they're all down. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would right? imagine so. I mean, I, I would hope that with all of this happening, it's, I'm sure, you know, people are trying to lump Bitcoin into it, whatever. But at least, you know, Americans who have been addicted to crypto gambling, maybe this is like one of the wake up calls that they need to get off Coinbase, at least. We'll see. I I think that addicted to crypto gambling is probably a pretty applicable way to describe it. Um, The problem, as with most addicts, is that they don't see it that way. Yeah. Like I said, I've been kind of paying attention to the conversation on Twitter about this from the crypto side of things, but I really don't put that much time or effort into it because fundamentally I think all cryptos are a scam. So like, there's not really many arguments that they can make that I believe I'd be like, oh yeah, well, you know. But I do think they should be allowed to put their money in whatever they want to put it in. And if it's going to go to zero, that's on them. And that's really all they're really arguing for, the crypto guys, is like, we don't care if it's a scam. We still want to be able to put our money into this. And some of us have put our money into this. And now you're the government Government's coming in. Yeah. And affecting that. It's true. 
which is true. But, but that's the risk that you're taking when you are investing in crypto. That's the risk you're taking when you're not putting your money in Bitcoin. But you know what? It is a <laughs> risk that you're taking with Bitcoin. But if you understand Bitcoin, it doesn't matter what the government does. It's not going to have a long term impact on the price of Bitcoin. Right. And so that's, I think, the fundamental difference between like Bitcoiners and, and, and crypto is that crypto people are four years or less in their thinking. Mm -hmm. They don't have the concept of a having. They don't have the concept of it's mathematically going to appreciate. All they're really doing is a momentum trade, which is a trading term. I don't know if that makes sense to you, but the context. I can pick right? up yeah. what it means. Thanks, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> So like all crypto is, is at the best a momentum trade. Yeah. Right. And so the this is part of momentum trading. Sometimes you get bad yeah. news. Sometimes you get real bad news. Why would anyone be buying Solano right now? Why would anyone buy Solana ever? There's that. The only people that should have Solana are the people who didn't pay for it. Like that's why crypto is a scam, because there are tons of people who did not pay for their Solana. They were just given tokens. Mm -hmm. If you get your Solana like that, sure. By all means, take it. But if you got to go to an exchange and convert dollars into Solana, that's probably not a great trade because you're buying it from someone who was given their Solana for free. Magic beans. Exactly. The SEC filing, I think it made Coinbase look worse than actually is going on, although I do think they still have some problems. But I think Coinbase has a very simple pivot. Drop all the crypto trash, become a Bitcoin only app, just like Swan, and they're fine. Like if Coinbase does that, which is how they started. Mm-hmm. They're fine. If you if you really simplify the complaint, that's really what they're being accused of is like you took it too far. I mean, I think it would be interesting if that's how this plays out, because then there would have to be some type of informational campaign to say, like, all of these are not Bitcoin and us just doing Bitcoin gets us out of all of this trouble. Well, and this is why. Yeah, I think it's going to go a little differently. I think that I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think they're going to fight this. I think there's too much money at stake for them, too much fake money at stake, and they're going to fight this. I think they have to fight because it just looks bad in general. So you have to fight. Maybe you fight just as long as necessary to make it look like you put up a fight. If the United States government says none of those cryptos are allowed in the United States, that's fundamentally what we're driving towards here. Mm -hmm. If the United States government says that, but goes but we don't care about Bitcoin. Well, all the crypto people still want crypto. Mm -hmm. They think Bitcoin's crypto. It's just not the one that they want. Yeah. So like if you're in the United States, you can still get Bitcoin. You can still play that trade if you want. If you want those other cryptos, if you if you don't believe in government interference, you think this is probably a bad thing. But like you're going to have to do some legwork to set up your account in Singapore to trade on Binance. It's just that simple. What about the Ethereum? Aha. Uh -huh. So the, the canary, like the, the, well, yeah. the elephant in the room, right? That's that's where I'm thinking. I'm like, all right, fine. Solano, whatever. Yeah, yada, yada. All these other names. Where can you buy Ethereum if not on these crypto exchanges? You can't buy it on, on Swan. You can't buy it on Strike. Right. So I I'm looking at what the SEC has done done as like a pseudo Rico case where they're rolling up the small guys first. Mm -hmm. And once they get everyone on board as like, oh, yeah, well, once once you force them to disclose what they were doing, if they wanted to stick around, you could see the inherent scam. Right. Once they roll back a couple of those Solana Cardano's of the world. Right. And everyone gets mad at them like, oh, I can't believe they did that. 
I can't believe Chamath like dumped on us at the top and like laughed about it on a podcast. Like all these things have happened. Mm -hmm. People still buy Solana, right? Mm -hmm. But they'll get mad about it because now like they're actually seeing real losses. Like the Mm -hmm. government's like, get out of here. Then you just like flip the card for Ethereum and go, oh, they also did that. They're actually the originator of this idea. Because mm-hmm. Ethereum is the originator of this idea of, well, what if we incorporate over here and sell the tokens over here, but then say it's decentralized. So now we can come back into the United States and sell it even the, like right. all, all that jurisdictional arbitrage, like Ethereum was the first. What the SEC did today or this past two weeks ago is the start of rolling up towards Ethereum. All right, guys, if you know anyone who has Ethereum, because I know that you don't because you're too smart for that. Tell them this. Tell them to listen to this episode and tell them it's time for them to sell their Ethereum. Well, yeah, the problem that Ethereum or the, the saving grace that Ethereum has is that so much stuff has been built on it. Not a lot has been built on Solana. Like there's enough, but no one's like clamoring if some of that stuff gets sh- there's just not enough people. Yeah. Right. So when it comes to Ethereum, though, a lot of the reasons why those other things exist is because Ethereum just got bogged down by all these things being built on it. There's just a lot of prior art and work that's been put into Ethereum. Selling your Ethereum is one thing, but my my like warning is actually to the app developers. Like if you're building on one of these chains, Ethereum, Solana, yeah. right? if you're building your next idea, figure, <laughs> figure out how to build it on Bitcoin, figure out how to build it on Lightning. Figure out like, do you does it need to be an on-chain solution on Bitcoin like Ordinals? Does it need to be a layer two solution like Lightning and now this new thing Arc? Right? Like there can be other Lightnings. Figure out how your thing works on Bitcoin because you might wake up and there's just no one using that chain, so your app is worthless. That's what I think is about to happen. And instead of waking up, like see it coming. Yeah, it might be a year from now, but. Just come on. Yeah, I think the developers are gonna are, are already leaving. The people buying the coins, if you're not a developer and you don't really talk to developers and you don't really know what's going on on that side of things, you'll just be slowly surprised or made aware that no new development has happened on Solana in three months and then six months. And then, oh, like it just kind of disappears one day and you're still holding Solana tokens, hoping that they have some value. I don't think that that's gonna be the case. Ethereum will last the longest, but even the Ethereum devs have already migrated to those other chains. So they've already shown we will leave if necessary, (laughs) right? Like they left Ethereum for Solana. Why not leave Solana for Bitcoin? All right, so not a quiet week. And it's just the beginning of the week. I think second half 2023 is going to be one for their records. I think we're going to see a lot of things in the world that in hindsight will be obvious. But right now, if I said it, people would be like, there's no way. Say one of them. One of two things is going to happen. Okay. Binance goes bankrupt for various reasons, which we could get into the technical details of it. But financially, Binance goes bankrupt and or Coinbase leaves the United States and is running out of Hong Kong and or Singapore. There's no way. I'm kidding. Yeah, I believe yeah. both of those. <laughs> um, so like if Coinbase really wants to fight it, right? Like if Coinbase really wants to fight it, they got to go to Hong Kong or Singapore. They can't even go to El Salvador because that law that Bukele passed, you can't bring all that crypto crap with you. Mm-hmm. You could bring Bin- or Binance and, and, and Coinbase if you're only selling Bitcoin mm-hmm. for sure. 
Trump I didn't know it had that restriction in yes, there. Yes, like that's that's part of it. So like, yeah, he don't want no crypto bros. No crypto bros. Only Bitcoin babes. Only Bitcoin babes. <laughs> so like, even El Salvador isn't an option for Coinbase unless they dump all that crypto crap. I think they're just really caught between like a rock and a hard place. And he might, he being Brian Armstrong, he might get pushed out by the board as just like a show of good faith to be like, oh yeah, that CEO made that decision and. We didn't know. Well, we knew, but like those are founder decisions, Mm -hmm. you know, like after we all invested in this company, like we didn't want to lose our money and get in trouble, but those decisions had already been made and we didn't understand the ramifications of those decisions because you, the SEC, hadn't given us guidance. Yeah, you let us IPO. But now that you've given us guidance, we're going to kick him out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We'll still own the company. It's basically like Brian Armstrong getting robbed, right? He'll just get forced out of the company he created and then they'll still probably settle with the SEC by getting rid of all the crypto. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's not the exact same thing, but it's kind of what happened to Steve Jobs. And I'm not calling Brian, Brian Armstrong Steve Jobs by any stretch of the imagination. But there is a long history of founders getting pushed out of the companies that they created by boards simply because they could. Right. And that's what I think is going to happen to him. That's what I've been seeing, like a little bit of like murmuring on Twitter and like, you know, media pundits and stuff like that. We'll see. We'll see. But speaking of El Salvador, we're going to the having party. Yeah. Ian, after like listening to the episode where he convinced me that we shouldn't, he changed his mind. Well, it wasn't. Yeah, it was listening to when I was editing the episode. It just. And I don't know if I'm convinced now. So you're going to have to convince me. You can't just say it after you've convinced me otherwise. Well, you were the one that's like, let's book it. And, and then you were like, no, and this is why we're going to die. <laughs> right. And that's the thing that I want to correct. That's the part about listening to it that like really bothered me the most is that it felt like I was spewing FUD. Yeah. Right. And I don't, I didn't mean it as FUD. I meant it as like, what is the world going to look like? Worst case scenario. Like, I think that is true. However, I don't necessarily want to be afraid of those things. I don't think it makes sense to like live in fear of those things. I mean, I got to think about it though. For us to go somewhere when we have a child that might be, I don't know. You convinced me like to not go. Well, we're going now. So we'll see. Now we'll see. Okay. We went from let's book it to we'll see. You, it's because of you. I know. I know. (laughs) But this is my point. This is my point is that I would rather go and be a part of like a having party in El Salvador than not. I know. That's why I wanted to go originally. We'll see, babe. We'll see. We got some time. And the, well. Flights aren't posted yet. Oh, the flights are posted. International flights aren't posted until. I can buy a ticket for this. I've already looked at everything. The only thing we can't book is the hotel. All right. Well, well, let's wait. I already bought the tickets. You already bought the tickets? Yeah. (laughs) We're going. Like, I haven't booked the hotel or the flight. Dictator I live with. We're going. Wow. You said let's book it. I booked it. (laughs) Like. I guess we're going. <laughs> we'll figure out the details. Yeah, so this is really how Ian and I handle arguments. Like, we just don't agree, and we just get on with our day. Like, what am I going to do? Argue with him more? I, I think we die, we die. I actually, like, when I was listening to it, the thing that got me was like, actually, no, I think that's going to be the safest place to be in the world. I mean, I don't know about that, but I ain't scared, I never scared. Me neither. Just, you know. Cautious. Cautious.
for listening to the show. Now let's get you set up on Fountain so you can start earning money simply by listening to podcasts. It's time to join the Fountainhead Nation. Go to fountain.fm to download the app onto your phone. Once you've installed the app and have set up your account, search for Flirting with Bitcoin and follow us. You should also be able to find and follow every other podcast you listen to as well. Listen to our show and episodes from your other favorite podcasts to earn your first sats, which are fractions of a Bitcoin, and keep an eye out for our promoted episodes on Fountain's homepage. We promote every episode so you can earn up to 100 sats just for listening. Yeah, that's right. Your attention's valuable to us. You're not just a set of earballs we've collected for advertisers. You can use the sats you've earned to send us a boost, which is like a little payment with a message. We are very active and respond to almost all the boosts we get. Every episode, we also give a shout out to the top boosters from the previous episode. And if you want to support us or other podcasters with more sats than you earn, you can top up your fountain wallet with a bank card or a lightning transfer from apps like Strike or Cash App. The easiest way to learn is to just get started. If you have any trouble or questions, go to support.fountain.fm. The team is extremely helpful and responsive. That's it. Now you're all set up for podcasting 2.0.